Father God, we thank you and we give you praise and glory to your name. For your name is the only name, Father, that should be worshipped, that can be worshipped. The only name wherewith men might be saved. The only name, Father God, that brings us out of sin and sets us in the freedom of Christ. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name and everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 27. And Ian, turn me down just a hair. Okay, just a hair. Acts chapter 27, and we're going to be looking at about the 24th verse. And it's this simple message, but a good message. Paul, Paul has, has uh, uh, asked to see and stand before Caesar. Paul probably could have been uh, uh, acquitted on the charges. And uh, he wanted to preach as much as the gospel before the end came in his life. And there were some things in his life that had not yet came to fruition. So as you get older and your hair turns a little bit grayer, you know, for us that don't put color on it, or for us that have hair, by the way, Vince, okay, that was just wrong, wasn't it? You know, it's not over. And God still has a plan for all of us until the day that he takes us home. And, and for us older people, listen, this is not a time to quit. But this is a time to go forward in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? You know, you know there's nothing wrong with retiring. And, and that's a good thing. But don't retire in the Lord. Can you say amen to that? Don't retire in the Lord. And so Paul is coming to the end and uh, he has been taken into custody, and he has appealed unto Caesar. Now, one thing that we don't understand about Paul, if he doesn't appeal unto Caesar, he probably is going to be acquitted of all the crimes that was against him, because they were false. But there's a reason that he is going now to preach to Caesar. So in Acts 27, and we're going to look at, start with about the 24th verse, we see that Paul is in a ship, and he is going to Rome. And they are in the time of great storm. And in this storm, this storm is a typhoon, and a typhoon is like a, is like a hurricane. In the Atlantic Ocean, you have the hurricanes and in the pacific ocean you have typhoons so this typhoon has hit the hit the seas there around the island of crete and they are in danger they are in danger now the first thing that paul says to him is is uh, he says don't go but they didn't listen to him because they listened to the majority sometimes the majority is not right how many of you know that it's best to listen to the lord People say that we have a democratic nation. We are not a democratic nation. We are a republic. How many of you know that there's a lot of difference there? We're a republic. We have representation. And so Paul says, he says, don't go. 
But the majority rules in these sailors, and they decide to go anyway. Now, this ship is about to be destroyed, and this is what I really like about Paul, and you can't get anything spiritual out of this, okay? He said, if you listen to me, this wouldn't have happened. Like, I told you so. Really, there's nothing spiritual about that. He's looking at him and said, I told you so. Don't you love that? Don't you love it when you get to tell the devil, I told you so? You know, that's pretty cool. But Paul says to these guys, if you'd have listened to me, this would not have taken place. You know, that's what mom and dad say to kids. Well, they used to say to kids. They don't care no more. But what, what parents do is say, you know, they love saying, I told you. I love telling my kids that. That's maybe why they don't speak to me today. I don't know. You know, but no, they speak to me. I'm just, just pay attention. Okay, we'll go on. But but anyway, you know, that, that he, he's... He's now in the midst of a conflict that they didn't have to be in if they had have listened to him. Does that ring a bell? Boy, I'm telling you. So in, in Acts chapter 27, verse 24, listen to what Paul says. He says, fear not. Thou, he said, uh, he said the Lord said to him, the Lord speaking to him. And, and the Lord said to him, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee and all that sail with thee. Verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Everybody say this. For I believe God. Say that. Listen listen to what he says. For I believe God and that it shall be even as it was told to me. And that's quite a statement. Now listen to what he said. He said, I believe God. And so so we look at this, and and we look at Paul's life. And he says, Paul says, the Lord spoke to him about this. But this is not the first time that the Lord has spoken to Paul. God has spoken to Paul, Jesus himself, has spoken to Paul several times, okay? And has told him what to do. But here's something that's really neat, and I want you to hear this. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 15, write it down, don't go there. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 15, this is concerning Paul's ministry, and this is what what, uh, the Lord says to Ananias when he is to go pray for Paul. He says this, he said, I have chosen him to be a vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. Paul has had three missionary journeys And as of yet, he has not spoken to the king. Now, he spoke to King Agrippa, and he spoke to Festus, but he had not spoken to the kings up until this time. In his first missionary journey, he had not spoken to any kings. In his second missionary journey, he had not spoken to any kings. And in his third missionary journey, he still has not spoken to any kings. He is the apostle sent to the Gentiles. He's spoken to the Gentiles. He's spoken to the Jewish people. And they have come to know the Lord. But he has not yet at this time spoke to the prominent influential people that God said he would. Now, understand, there's an important factor here. And here's what the factor is. God is not through with you, and he's not through with me until this thing has come complete in him what he wants to do in our life. Somebody say amen to that. Do you know what, the, uh, what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes? Listen to what he said. He said to the wicked man, he said, Why be much over wicked and die before your time? 
He said that. He said, why be much over wicked at night before your time? Listen to me. You think that God wants to put a bullet in a young kid's head? No. And it's not God that wants to see children die of overdoses. It's not God that wants all this sin to take our children and take our family. That God hasn't that. Listen, in Hebrews 9.27, he said, It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Do you know that God, when you were born, set an appointment day for you? And you want to meet that appointment day. How many of you want to meet that appointment day? Hey, listen to this. You don't get to live one day past that appointment day. Can you die before that appointment day? Listen to what the word says. It says you can. He said, why be much over wicked and die before your time? You can. But if you live for the Lord, listen to what he says. He's going to bring you to that place where you come to a completion in your life. Everything that he put in your destiny is going to take place. Amen. Isn't that amazing? So now we have Paul who has, has uh, uh, persecuted the church. He has allowed people to be killed, Christians to be killed. Many of them he has allowed to, to uh, uh, be put in prison. And now at this time in Acts chapter 9, he is angry at Christians and he's going after them. How many of you know that when a person is at the uh, a pinnacle of their conviction, they are either angry or submissive? How many of you understand that? You start to witness to somebody and they get angry at you, say, mm, we just hooked them. When people get angry, when you start talking about Jesus, man, you just hook them. You can reel them in because conviction does something. Here's what it does. It's going to turn you off and you're going to get angry or it's going to turn you on. And you know, you say, well, they're turned off. That's okay because you can reel them in when they do that. Paul is now fighting against the Lord. And why is Paul fighting against the Lord? Because listen, he witnessed one of the most amazing testimonies that had ever been written in the Word of God when Stephen is being stoned to death. Listen to what he says. It says, Stephen being filled with the Holy Spirit looked steadfast into heaven and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Man, oh man. And then what Stephen does, he says something else. He says, listen, do not hold this sin against them he said but father forgive them at what they're doing to me you don't think Paul didn't hear that and Paul didn't see that man it quickened his spirit and what happens is man he gets angrier he doesn't get better he gets angrier so sometimes when you're talking about Jesus to people they just get angrier that's because you know what that testimony's working what happens when that happens? You just keep living for the Lord. Amen. Listen to me. If you can tolerate sinners, they'll come to the Lord. The problem is we, the church, don't want to tolerate sinners. Man, we want to just push sinners away. And we, but the church is bringing sinners in. Somebody's saying, man, you know what I heard a guy say one time? He said, Lord, bring them in and we'll get them saved. God kind of thought, God said, well, I kind of thought you was to bring them in and I'd get them saved. Isn't that right? So see, Paul, he hasn't preached to, to the, the, the influential people yet because his destiny hasn't been brought about. And you know what? Maybe yours hasn't either. And so what, what Paul has done now, he has said, you know what? I want to go before Caesar. Now, why is he going to go before Caesar? You think he is not going to talk about Jesus? He's going to go before Caesar. And guess who Caesar is at that time? That's Nero. 
He was one of the worst Caesars that ever lived. Actually, he burned Rome down, and he just uh, he massacred, massacred and persecuted a lot of Christians. And so what uh, God is saying here, he's saying, listen, Paul is my guy, and he is going to be a missionary to the Gentiles. But he, listen else to what he says. He said, and I've chosen him as an instrument to suffer. How would you like for God to say that about you? Do you know he said that about you? He says, I have chosen them, my church, for this. Right? And if God has chosen us and has set our destiny, can then he not make sure that it comes to fruition? And is he not going to? He's not ever going to leave us forsake or forsake us. Paul says this to Timothy. He said, do you know, Timothy, when you're faithless, God is faithful? Isn't that amazing? God's faithful. He said that. And so, and so Paul has heard Jesus speak to him before. And here's what the Lord's saying to Paul. He's saying, if you tell them to stay in the ship, he's saying, they're all, gonna, they're all going to live. And so Paul has this communication with Jesus that is amazing to me. Is that amazing to the rest of you? This, this communication that Paul has with Jesus? Don't that just kind of blow your mind? Do you know you have that same avenue you have that same channel do you know i have that dr rippy he said to one of the pastors here in saint joseph he he said to the pastor he said uh do do you do you believe in in a young earth and the pastor said well i really i really don't know and he said to the pastor he said well what else do you not believe in the bible think of that well i got dr rippy pretty good he's watching this by the way I say, hey, Doc, how about all the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit? And if you don't believe that, what else of the Word you don't believe? Isn't that amazing how we pick and choose different things? But if you'll just read the Bible and you start with Genesis, because it takes faith, by the way, to believe that God created the heavens and the earth. That takes faith, right? But, hey, don't you think it takes a greater faith to believe in the Big Bang Theory? All of a sudden there was a boom and everything came. Now that takes some faith right that takes some faith right there or you you believe in these different things humanism is a religion secularism is a religion it takes faith to believe that if it takes faith to believe that when why don't you turn your faith into the one who created it all and put your faith in him and say this is what god did in our life and so if you start out of genesis 1 1 and you say yes i believe that god created the heavens and the earth hey you know what he might have created this thing in six 24-hour days amen no he might not have done he did do that somebody say man and if you start believing god from the very first verse and believe him all the way through the last verse in the 22nd chapter of revelation let me tell you something your life is going to turn around and it's going to turn around for the lord you know why because you're going to say god spoke into me and when god spoke into me this is what he said about me what he said about paul was paul was going to speak to the kings he was going to be an instrument of suffering and he said i am going to deliver him listen at this time he has suffered but he has not spoken to the kings like he is about to because the completion of his destiny hasn't come to an end yet do you understand you're still breathing what's that tell you 
That tells you that your destiny hasn't come to an end yet. Somebody say amen to that. And so he says that. Now listen to what Peter and John in the book of Acts chapter 3. Peter and John. They come up to this man at the gate beautiful. And he's crippled. And, and Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. Arise in the name of Jesus and walk. And the man stood up and he walked and he started running. You know. And, and I, here's, here's this thing that's so amazing to me. How come we don't shout for joy when we get saved? How come we don't, when, when we see God do a miraculous thing, how come, let me tell you something, when God starts to work miracles and extraordinary things in your life, you're going to shout. You are going to shout. How many of you understand that? And it's not wrong to shout in church. Hello. It's okay to shout in church. It's wrong to shout at the Chiefs game. It was wrong the other day when they started losing. I walked out on them. And when I walked out on them, they started winning. Maybe it was me. I don't know. Okay? But we, but we say it's okay to shout here, but it's not okay to shout here. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When God brings a miracle in my life, I don't care if you're Baptist, Meth, Pentecostal, or what you are. I'm going to shout, you better run. Because I like it when God says, this is my word. This is what I'm going to do. Somebody say amen to that. So here we, got, here we got Peter and John. And so what happens is this man is healed. And when this man's healed, they're going to go through great scrutiny. And, and the Pharisee and the Sadducee and the Sanhedrin, they're going to get all over these guys. Because you know what? It's not about working on the Sabbath day. It's not about anything. Listen to what they say to Peter and John. They say, you know what? We really don't care what you do. Just don't speak in his name. That's what he said, don't, don't speak in his name. Well, who is he? So then they come right out and said, don't speak in the name of Jesus. Don't you find it a little bit ironic that you can talk about Muhammad? You can talk about Buddha? You can talk about, you can talk about the devil. You can talk about God. But you can't talk about Jesus. You can't take him in your public buildings. You can't talk about Jesus. You go into Canada, man, they'll run you out of there. Then people, and I wish in the war of 1812 we just went and took Canada. Why did we come to a truce in 1812? We should have just took them. I got, I, got, I got a deal for Mexico. You want to hear my deal for Mexico? No. Hey, ho hold on, hold on. Am I not the preacher? Okay, just wonder, just wonder. I'm going to tell you my idea for Mexico. Make them the 51st state. There you go, just make them the 51st state. We're sending all our money there anyway. All their people coming over here and we're giving. Just make them the 51st state. Run that corrupted government out. How many of you say, I need to run for president? All right. But you understand what I'm saying? All right, because it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus, and they don't like that name. And so they said, look, we don't really care what you do. Do not talk about him. 
And why? Because listen, he is Messiah. He dies on the cross for our sins. He takes upon himself our sins. He takes the robe of humanity that we live in. He nailed our sins to the cross. He nailed the robe of humanity to the cross. He dies and three days he's in the heart of the earth and he is destroying death, hell, and the grave. And on the third day he rises up from the dead. He walks among men for 40 days and on the fourth day he ascends to the Father and on the 50th day he sends back his Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what happens is it's the name of Jesus that defeats everything that the enemy does. Somebody say amen to that. Because that's what it's all about and listen to what that's called. That's called sound doctrine. And then he says this is what you preach. He said preach sound doctrine. And so what is sound doctrine? Listen. God still saves. Somebody say amen. God still heals. Somebody say amen. And God still delivers people from demons. Somebody say amen. And listen, he still raises the dead. Praise the name of the Lord. Listen, the devil don't want that preached. Why? Because he wants us to be lukewarm. Do you know this message right here, if we was in Africa, these people would be up and down shouting and running. If we was in Central America, India, they would be. Why don't we? Because we've listened to things that, that are not sound doctrine. And what sound doctrine is, Jesus Christ and him crucified, Savior and Lord of all. Somebody say amen. And so then what it is, it's that name. It's that name. Here's the name. It's the name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess, every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus. It's the only name where a man can give his heart to the Lord and totally change. It's the only name where a man's sins are forgiven that moment, that instant, and then start brand spanking new. It's the only name. It's called the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Paul talks to the Philippians and he talks to the Colossians. And what does he talk about? He talks about this man he used to persecute that just became alive in his life. This is the man, Jesus, that says to Paul, he says, listen, he said, just stay with the boat, Paul. And you know what Paul said? He said, people, I believe God. Now, now I'm going to go back to Peter and John here real quick. And so Peter and John, they've healed this man. And now they're going through all kinds of things. And they said, just don't speak in the, in the name of Jesus. And old Peter looks at him, and he says, do I please you or do I please God? You can put me in jail, and you can do anything that you want to me, but I'm going to please the Lord. Now, Peter could have went on and said something, and he could have said to him, and you can't kill me. And they could have probably in their pride said, well, why can't we kill you? And he could have looked at them and said, because Jesus said that I was going to live to be an old man. See, Jesus says to the disciples, get on the boat and go over to the other side. Amen. And so they do. When Jesus speaks, things happen. And when Jesus speaks, things take place. And, and Peter lived to be an old man. So Paul says this. He says, I believe God. In, in uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. You know what? The Jews took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. And you know what they did? They just validated the resurrection of the Lord. 
They didn't know that when they said that, that they just, they've been with Jesus. They just validated the resurrection of the Lord. And in verses 17 and 18, they didn't want John, Peter and John to speak in the name of Jesus. They did not want them to believe God. Let me tell you something. They believe God. Do you believe God? Paul said, I believe God. I love it. Paul goes before Agrippa. He looked at old Agrippa, and you know what he said to Agrippa? He said, you know what? I could speak for myself today. He said, I think myself happy. How many of you have read it? He said, I think myself happy. When persecution comes to your way, all you need to do is stand up in the name of Jesus and say, I think myself happy. You need to say to the world, I believe God. It makes no difference what's taking place. I believe God. If you think that the Republicans are going to get you out of this, if you think the Democrats are going to get you out of this, if you think conservatives or liberals are going to get you out of this, whoever you vote for president who is going to, there ain't nobody going to get you out of this. The only thing that's going to get you out of this is Jesus Christ and this, this, this nation turning to the Lord. Somebody say amen. Now, people, I'm going to stand on the platform because I want you to hear me. you got to stop murdering babies. You can't kill them. How many of you understand we have murdered 60 million people? No, they say we've murdered 60 million fetuses. Listen, we have murdered 60 million people. There's something wrong with that. Now, I don't want to get on to politics, but I am. Listen to me, I'm a man. I'm not an it. And praise the Lord, my wife is a woman and not a it. Now, I'm, I have no plans and ever leaving my wife. And I, I hope to stay with her till we die. But if she ever comes to me and says, you know, I'm an it, I'm going to lock her in the closet somewhere. How many of you? <laughs> How many of you know I'm just not right? And there's some things that's just wrong. Can you say amen to that? But listen, when we started to take the Bible out of school, when we took prayer out of school, and we started doing a lot of things, then we took God out of a lot of things. But here's what I really like the best. What's that? How come we blame everything on him? When we've taken him out of everything, and everything gets chaotic, how come we blame it on someone we don't even believe in? Is that not totally amazing? Let me tell you why. Because even through the sarcasm and even through the unbelief, men still have a fear of God and are looking for that day to come and not ready for it. Somebody say amen to that. Now listen to what Peter says. He says, we cannot but speak these things which we have seen and heard. They believe God. Let me tell you something. Now, will you stay with me just for a moment? Let me tell you why your faith might be just a little weak. Okay? Okay. Because we don't see and hear anything anymore. Paul says to the Philippians, he says, listen, he said, I want you to practice something. And he said, I want you to practice what you've seen. I want you to practice what you've heard. I want you to practice what you've seen in us. I want you to practice these things. Yeah, I want you to practice them. What? What you've seen. How many miracles have you seen that you can just really hold on to? Oh, we've been taught, Pastor, that it's not about miracles. Yes, it is. Let me tell you what a miracle will do. If there's a blinded eyes open in this church this morning, you're not, this church is not going to be big enough come Sunday to put all the people in it. It's not going to be. How many of you understand that when miracles start to take place, well, Pastor, we have a hard time believing. I know you do. I know you do, but it still doesn't dilute the Word of God. It's still in the Bible. 
How many of you understand Jesus went across the sea and he delivered the demoniac? And you say, but we don't have demoniacs anymore. Yes, we do. They're on TV. (laughs) Did you ever notice that television is blood and guts and full of the devil? You ever notice that? Why? Because they believe in the devil because there is a devil. There has to be some deliverance somewhere. Somebody say amen. But listen, if we don't see with our eyes and hear the word of God, some of the things that God's doing, we don't have the faith. We don't have the faith. How many, how many, how, how, how many times anymore do we give an altar call? I like asking pastors that. I like to listen to them stutter. In Acts 5, 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We believe God. Paul says, I believe God. Peter and John says, We believe God. Because of Paul's faith, everyone lived and no one perished. Can you say that? Can I say that? Because of my faith, everyone around me is protected. See, my friend, here's something that you don't understand. If I was to say to you, stand up if you're saved, I guarantee you every single person in this church is going to stand up. Every single person in this church is going to stand up. If I say to you, wave your hand if you're saved, every single person in this church is going to wave their hand. Okay, so let's take it at face value that you're saved. Do you understand that if you're saved everywhere you go, the kingdom of God goes? Do you understand that if you're going to eat in a restaurant today, the kingdom of God's going to be in that restaurant because you're there? Do you understand every place that you go, God's kingdom goes, and in God's kingdom, let me tell you what there is. There's salvation, healing, and deliverance in God's kingdom. And when the disciples, they say to Jesus, help us increase our faith. Help us. How do we pray? And Jesus said, pray in this manner. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When's the last time that we saw the kingdom of God on earth in a way that people just are like a magnet drawn to it? See, I'm looking for a great revival to take place. And when I'm look, this revival that I'm looking for, uh, forward to take place is going to draw men to the Lord. It's going to draw sinners to the Lord. And things are going to be done. I believe in the last days that we're going to see a parallel. We're going to see a great famine in the church that won't preach anything. And then we're going to see another church, the church, the church of God, that's going to preach the truth, the sound doctrines of God. And we're going to see revival running right along with famine. And you know what you're going to get to do? You're going to get to decide which one you want to be in. Do you want to be in the revival or you want to be in the famine? Because God will allow you to do that. How many of you understand that? But if you want to be in the revival, the kingdom of God, which is in you, then every single place that you go, the kingdom of God goes, and you don't have to say one word. You don't have to say anything. That door will open up for you. I can't tell you how many times we go into a restaurant and all of a sudden, man, that door's open. That door opens. I don't have to tell them I'm a pastor. The door just opens. How many times does that door open for you? Listen, if you believe God, that door's going to open. And if you believe God that no matter what type of situation that you're in, God's going to deliver you, let me tell you something. What happens, your faith increases. Do you believe God? We're almost done someday. We're almost done. So what happens is, in Acts chapter 28, in about the third verse, 
They're on the land, and Paul is building a fire. And when he does, a viper comes out of the heat and bites him. All right. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. I showed this to Doris the other day. Now, if you read that, it says that this snake comes out of the heat. It's in the fire. And it attaches itself to Paul's hand. Okay? This is an amazing thing. So I, I got this, this Bible of 26 different translations. So I looked at all 26. I couldn't believe some of the stuff I read. I, I, I read one commentary. I showed you didn't adore where it said there weren't even no... no, no uh, and, and a theologian wrote this. There were no venomous snakes there. So it couldn't have been a venomous snake. That's what it said. Yeah. And then it also said, and the snake was laying by the fire because it was cold. How about that? A theologian wrote that. And it had all these different things about this snake. And so I thought, well, now I know. Let me see if there's any truth to this. No, no. This snake came out of the fire. And this snake was an adder. And this snake was almost instant death. And so I read this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the snake came out of the fire. And it says that Paul shook it off. And when, when it says it shook it off, it doesn't say. Now listen, what it, 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 the word doesn't say that he shook the snake into fire. He shook a beast into the fire. Oh, it all depends which translation you're reading right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. You got beast? Yeah. Beast. Some of them say he shook the snake back into the fire. These non-venomous. Hey, this was a venomous snake. And here's what's happened. Paul has made a statement that he believes God. And he has made a statement that God's going to save every one of them. And the devil is bent on destroying this man. Because the devil doesn't want not something to happen. And here's what the devil doesn't want to happen. He does not want Paul to go before Caesar. The whole thing is stopping Paul from going to Caesar. That storm on that sea wasn't about the faith of the disciples and build their faith. That faith on that sea was to stop Jesus from going to that demoniac and delivering him. Let me tell you something. It's all about the name of Jesus. It's about stopping the name of Jesus. Is it okay if I take my liberty and do something here? It's an amazing thing. Do you understand the devil understands the authority and the power that's in the name of Jesus? Jesus said, I give you authority. So we have authority in his name. And then he baptized us with his Holy Spirit and he give us power. We have his name, power of attorney. And we, we have the authority and the power to stop the devil. Here's what's amazing to me. You go to New York and you go to an intersection. And there's that policeman with that whistle. And he says stop in the name of the law and everything comes to a screeching halt that 5,000 pound car could smash that officer in a heartbeat and just go on do you know why it doesn't because of the authority behind what that man says when he says stop in the name of the law all those cars you know why they don't want to try that law that's behind that man's name listen to me when you look at the devil you say stop 
in the name of Jesus and he has to stop. Somebody say, man, it's not about you. It's about the authority that's in you. It's about the power that God has given you. Somebody say, amen. That's the name right there that they don't want. So Paul, so Paul, he shakes this old beast off. It's amazing. Here's what they say. He gets bit. And they say, you know what? He's got that coming. They say, he's got that coming. Here's what he, 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 they say, he's a criminal. And even though he's not going to die in the storm, the gods are going to make sure he dies. He got that coming. And then Paul just shakes it off in the fire. How many of you know, just shake it off? Somebody say that, shake it off. When something comes against you, just shake it off. You know what? Well, you can shake a sickness off. Oh, pastor, you can shake, you can shake things off that, that bind you up. Shake it off. You can shake depression off. Hey, Amen. You, you don't need all of those uh, uh, psychotropic drugs. I said to a woman one time, bringing her kid into school, two of them, I think it was, went to Doris, and I said, they on medication? And, and she said, yeah. And I said, take them off. And the father goes, What? <laughs> Whoa, man, are you kidding me? Little guys, men are afraid of these little guys. And the mother said, okay. She said, okay. He took him that medicine off. That girl has a wonderful testimony today. She is going to graduate this year with a powerful testimony. You know, listen to me, shake that stuff off. We, there's a new worldview now, and the worldview is mind-altering drugs. We have them. You know, we have this opioid problem, but the doctors keep giving them. Does it make sense to anybody? You know, we have pa- people that's on medications. You know, you, you go see a, a, a counselor now, and they don't sit down and talk about your problems. Now they listen a little bit, and then they try to they figure out what drug to give you. We live in a drug-alter-mind world. How many of you understand that? So that, that's, that's the way we live. And so they said this. They said about old Paul. They said, he's got what, he, he, he just gets what he deserves. And then he shook it off in the fire. And they said, he's a God. So he went from being a criminal to a God. Isn't that amazing? You see, we preachers get in trouble. And the reason why we get in trouble, because we start thinking we're God. And we start taking things upon ourselves. When, listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's about Jesus Christ. And there's no man on earth ever healed another man. How many of you understand that other than Jesus? And so when somebody's healed through the laying on of hands, that man didn't do anything. That was the Holy Spirit that did it all. Somebody say amen to that. And so we start taking that name upon ourselves. How many of you understand that? And then we start glorying in ourselves. You know why Herod died? Herod didn't die because they said he was, look at he was a God. Herod died because he allowed them to say that he was a God. He could have stood right up there and said, I'm not a God, I'm a man. And God would have allowed him to live, but he said, oh, yeah, listen to the accolades. Listen to me, Paul could have did that. The devil's trying to do everything he could. But Paul tells him, I'm a man. I'm a man, now listen to this, that believes God. Paul believed God. Paul's come to the end of his life. Let's stand this morning. Paul shakes the beast off. In the end part, it don't call him a snake no more. It calls him a beast. Why? Because the devil is a beast. He shakes him back into the fire. 
and he's not hurt at all. The three Hebrew children stand before Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, O king, live forever. But we are not careful to answer thee on this matter. They said, Whether our God delivers us or whether he does not, we're not bound down to that idol. The Bible says that them young men were thrown into that furnace and said everything that burned off of them was the things of the world, but the things of God stayed with them. And when they took them young men out of that furnace, the Bible says there was not a singed hair, nor was there a smell of smoke upon them. Wasn't. Why? Because they shook it off. They threw Daniel in a lion's den and understand something. Somebody says that, that God took the meanness out of those lions. God didn't take the meanness out of those lions. God just stood in the middle of that lion's den right there with them lions in there. And he protected that old boy. Not one thing was touched. Let me tell you something. God's still on the throne. He's still a prayer hearing, prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. He shook that beast off into the fire and he felt no, no, no harm at all. Paul's days had not come to an end yet because Paul's ministry can only come to an end after he's spoken to Caesar. So Paul is coming to the end of his life. And Paul is in prison. Let me tell you where Paul's at. They have a prison and then they have the inner prison. At one time when Paul was in prison, he was in a rented house. And it wasn't too bad. And he got to preach and he got to teach. But towards the end, the one that he wanted to go see and speak to, Caesar, couldn't handle it. And he got angry and he got mean. Let me tell you something about the world, my friend. This world is getting meaner. And it's getting angrier. And the reason for that is because Jesus is about to come. There's nowhere in the Word of God where it says that Jesus comes soon, unless you read the NIV, which I don't ask. I want you to read that. Because Jesus doesn't say that he's coming soon. He says three times in the book of Revelation in the 22nd chapter, he says, Behold, I come quickly. And he's coming quickly today. Your appointment time might be coming early. I don't know. It might be coming late. I don't know what it is. But Paul has said, I want to speak to Caesar. Do you think maybe why Caesar went off the deep end? Because when it comes to conviction, it's going to go one way or the other. And the United States is under great conviction, my friend. I want you to understand that. Our lawmakers are under great conviction. And either they're going to give in to the Lord Jesus Christ or they're going to get worse. How many of you understand that? But where's your stand with the Lord? Do you believe God? I'm going to finish with these scripture verses right here, and I want you to listen carefully to them. Paul's coming to an end, and he's in prison. And they put him in a hole. And they put a grate over the hole, and that's where men went to the bathroom. That's, how he, that's the end of his days. They urinated on him. They defecated on him. That's it. And he's come to an end. Listen to what he says. This man said, I believe God. He said, I have fought a good fight. He was a violent man. The Bible says that violent men take this thing by force. Violent men. And what do you mean? Violent men against the enemy and everything that the enemy stands for. Not men. Listen to me. Don't kill a Muslim. Pray for them. 
Don't kill another man. Pray for them that they'll see God. Listen to what he said. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He said, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Would you take that? People, listen to me. God's still on the throne. He still hears your prayers. He still cares. He's, what he did for Paul, he'll do for you.